Hello and welcome to the Lavender Menace podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Renaissance Marie, and I am so punctual this quarter. It's like not even funny, guys. Like, <laughs> who is happy that a fourth-year college student is going to classes? Everyone screams and cheers. Showing Yay. up to class bright and early. Bright and early. Exactly. 8 a.m. No less. Yeah. My name is Sunny. I am the other co-host of this podcast, if you didn't already know. And today, we have an episode (laughs) for you in which we talk about something that we didn't like. A piece of media that we did not enjoy. Um, Another queer piece of media that we did not fuck with, just to, you know, stay stay on track with our previous episode. But before we get to that, of course, we always have our hot takes. And just as a reminder, all of our hot takes are submittable via email. Like, if you have any thoughts, anything you want us to talk about, you see something to talk about. If you see any article or post that <laughs> makes you annoyed and you're like, wow, Sunny and Renaissance need to talk about this, you <laughs> should, you can email it to us at thelavendermenacepodcast at gmail.com. And we could use it as a hot take. Anyway, that's how we do it. Because one of the hot takes we're going to be talking about today is submitted via a comment on our YouTube channel. So we post like just random clips of our Patreon video content on YouTube from here and there. And someone commented two weeks ago on our review of Somebody Somewhere, an HBO Max show. Which is uh, relevant because today we're also reviewing an HBO Max show. (laughs) Um, But they commented, I can't figure out how to write to you guys. I think it's my email, but I don't know. Is it possible for you guys to help spread awareness of hashtag Stop Cop City? Your platform seems to be mostly related to LGBTQ plus discourse, but I just thought I would ask. And... Yeah, we can definitely talk about it, but I also wanted to laugh at the fact that that is what our platform seems mostly related to, <laughs> which, like, no, d- is not going to be disproved by the following up hot takes today at all whatsoever. So, like, that, no. this is just a preface and a reiteration of the fact that, like, we are, unfortunately, a pop culture comedy pop podcast, like... <laughs> We're here to talk shit and giggle, like, maybe 90% of the time, to be honest, so... Unfortunately, what we love most is the most deeply unserious (laughs) and some of the most inconsequential topics to talk about. That's what I was saying. Sometimes it's real. Sometimes we're spitting, but also most of the time, (laughs) it is just a string of words, my friends. And that's what we love about LGBTQ plus internet discourse is just words. Yeah. Like <laughs> literally we, yeah, no, the, the, inco- the unseriousness of it all can be something they said, so Your platform important. seems to be mostly related to unemployed queer people and or baristas, <laughs> which is also unemployed LGBTQ people who spend too much time online. But can you also talk about this important thing as well? Thank you. <laughs> like okay fair enough right 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 but no because this person commented this two weeks ago but kind of recently to mm-hmm. when we're recording someone died while protesting at the stop cop city 
Um, or, I think more occupation was murdered. Not yeah, the, by I was it the state police or was it like was it like the state troopers or was it like the local cops? I think it definitely was police. Uh, I don't think it was like the national guard or anything. But yeah, I'm reading off of this is just off of PBS, guys. I'm not saying I fuck PBS. I just want a summary of what's happening. A protest turned violent in downtown Atlanta on Saturday night in the wake of the death of an environmentalist activist who was killed by authorities this week after officials said that the 26-year-old was shot by a state trooper. It says Tortuguita, is how I would pronounce it, was killed Wednesday as authorities cleared a small group of protesters from a site of a planned Atlanta area public safety training center, the activist Mm. dubbed Cop City. But yeah. it just says was killed as authorities <laughs> cleared the area. As but authorities say, cleared like, the area. Like in what way one, was was this person shot dead? Like what the hell is going on? How was this one individual person murdered as opposed to like the other people who were there? Like <laughs> it's just not making any like, sense. It it just really sounds like and what I think is ha- what I think people understand to be happening is that, like, the cops just went into the woods, murdered someone, and then, like, left. Which, you know, like, typical. But the fact that, of course, it was, like, environmental activists. Because I feel like environmental activists specifically will do the most or, like, will die. And people don't really give a fuck. That's quite often mm-hmm. the situation. More so than, like, a lot of other things, I, th- I think. I don't know. Like, it's, (laughs) I think it's because everyone lives in this constant state of knowing that we're living in this, like, decaying planet. And so when people suffer the immediate consequences of it or try to bring to light them, it's sort of just like, "Mm, I don't really give a fuck. Like, who, the point is to ignore this, essentially. The point is to not think about this, and the fact that you are is frustrating to me. It's really tragic that this person died. I've also been seeing that, like, people, obviously, in Atlanta, and I'm organizers in Atlanta, I'm sure, have been working to, like, stop this. I'm, what is this? Billions of dollars? At least, at least hundreds of millions. Probably. However much it is, it's too much. And given Mm -hmm. the scale of just what I've read, of, like, what what the proposal is for Cop Mm -hmm. City. There's no way that it's not at mm-hmm. hundreds of millions, if not over a billion dollars, yeah. which is like great. Like, yeah, because the that- whole point is to make Atlanta be hyper surveilled, like cameras everywhere. And then, mm-hmm. of course, th- like there's supposed to be a, a police like training center that is trying to be that's going to be built on this forest. And that's where the activist who was killed by the police was like on the grounds of and people have been encamped there for like a while now i'm pretty sure like people have been there for weeks if not months trying to not you know get the site bulldozed and have construction start on it because uh i mean of course it's like why are you clearing natural space for a fucking police training center like <laughs> what the fuck like it's please so let's let's please be a little and serious. like not to point out the obvious and the obviously absurd 
But it's like, however much money they are about to invest in creating this, however much money they've already funded the police with to fight the protesters and or kill protesters, could this not go to, I don't know, giving people homes and actually addressing the financial things that quote unquote like provoke crime or whatever? Like what is... If it if all these cameras and all these light and pl- license plate readers are because people need to get their taillights fixed and people need to renew their driver's license or registration, what if we took these billions of dollars and then made all the shit that people need to do much more accessible and or free? Like, it's just like... I. Not like, oh, I don't understand investing on the blah, 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 blah. People who are cops are cops. They want this because they like state violence. But for the people who are, who are actually, this is about protecting people. Actually, this is about fighting crime. Actually, this is about blah, 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 blah. Yeah, there's no, it's not. Only if, yeah, if, if this much money was accessible, if this much money was possible for a project and infrastructure why this like Mm -hmm. to me that is that is like absurd to Mm -hmm. think about well it's i think like there's a couple different ways that a person could be like genuinely believe that because this is something i think about all the time that truly it's a minority of people who fight for justice at any given point right so it's like at any given point Mm -hmm. it is a tiny section like during the Vietnam War or whatever, people talk about the anti-war movement, but that, like 70% of Americans supported the Vietnam War for like most of it. Yeah. You know, fucking from the civil rights movement, it wasn't like most black people were involved in that. For fucking the women's movement or even like, you know, women's voting rights, most women were not engaged with that whatsoever. Like the thing is, is that people are not, the, <laughs> the majority of people are not really the people who make the world better, you know? So Mm -hmm. what I think the logic of this situation is, well, and that's like a generalization in, in different ways, but like, I think for someone who looks at this and is like, okay, millions of dollars, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars going to more jails, more prisons, more cops, more cameras, fucking all of this shit they don't view that as taking away from the resources that people actually need because they don't view the people that the police are supposed to be like brutalizing as people who have like needs that should be addressed they are all criminals who like potential criminals or criminals who need to be dealt with which I think that's one line of logic. The other line of logic could just be like genuine delusion of like, no, actually cops do make the city better. Like I feel safe when there are more cops. Okay, cool. Yeah, you're you're crazy. Then there's also people who I think like, because the first one is like, okay, you're just like, you are racist. The state is racist. The state is violent. You are violent. Like, Yes, of course. The The intentions of what the intention of building this shit is to fucking incarcerate more people and 
to criminalize more people and to increase the this capitalist surveillance state that we live in and to get more cops on the streets that's the goal and why do you want more cops on the streets to reinforce everything else that was just said like that is the goal fundamentally and then the way that it's presented is this is for public safety and this is a resource this is a, this is a priority that the city and the state really needs to be bolstering and that's why we're putting so much money and energy behind it and defending it and both sides of that needs to be defended ideologically by the people who support it either through the twisted colorblind logics of justice or the self-delusion of repeating and internalizing the ideological falsity of the promise of safety that police and prisons offer you. So, I don't know. Like, it's just... This is just so... Every day I wake up and I'm like, we are living in the fucking end times. It's Andrew Tate. It's fucking Stop Cop City. Bruh. It's it's misogynist on Gik Yak. Every other day. No. <laughs> Every fucking Literally, day. Literally? <sighs> like... It's bi lesbian discourse on Twitter. It's like we cannot Don't catch even. a break. Fuck like please. Which I think like those lines of logic of why to defend it's not that I don't know those. Like my hometown has the third largest police department in all of California, which is crazy because there's nothing about my hometown or where I'm from that necessitated to have the third largest it um, police budget. And it's like wild number times more than our city beautification. And I don't even want to know how much more than the funding that like our public schools get or something like that. Like it's crazy. And I've gone to the city hall meetings and have spoken directly to the mayor at the town hall meeting about these things and heard like his crazy ass replies and retorts and actually like in in all the range like not to be like oh i'm from is politically diverse because it's not but in the same ways that it all ends up with supporting the police but everyone has different ideas as to why police are good or not as bad or necessary or future criminals or something like that but I think part of why I find it so so difficult, just on a surface level, like I know, I know why people think these things, but also have, like, do we have short-term memory loss? Like, are we fucking goldfish? <laughs> like, did the Black Lives Matter protest of 2020, not all of these people who saw that violence and were like, OMG, I'm finding out that cops were bad in 2020 and then when that was happening i was like did the ba did the black lives matter protest and all the other movements earlier in the 2010s do uh, serve fucking nothing and then all the times that we learned history like even if it's been a minority of people over the course of history who have fought for justice and we know that to be historically true and we keep seeing it happen right now it's just like well, it's part of like the manufactured consent, I guess, and just the way that the American news and education system and all of it works to support and reproduce and maintain blah, 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 blah itself is 
so evident, but when you are aware and when you see it happen so cyclically with such a short turnaround, like no movement can maintain support or traction for longer than like six fucking months. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's people forget that cops are bad again. And it's like, like truly as, as a conscious human being, as someone who has memories from day to day, how can <laughs> you live like this comfortably? Like, yeah, well, ideologically, I, think I understand the, is, the different modes, but it's just like, like, because if you're someone who didn't realize that cops were bad in 2020 in Atlanta or elsewhere, yeah, it makes sense that you that you're not fighting for hashtag stop cop city or whatever but like all these people who are like now my eyes were open i'm gonna be anti like it's like that shit mm-hmm. it is so is so infuriating to me just like just the lack of not loyalty but i guess like principledness like like Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe I it think... comes down to words mean nothing. Maybe it's something else, but it's just like, yeah. Every cycle of this, people, a new generation or category, a group of people becomes, has their consciousness raised. And every time it happens again, I think it's a somewhat different gener- generation or, or group. In some regard. So I think that's just one element of it. Like when the Occupy Wall Street movement was happening and millennials were like, capitalism is bad. And now when Gen Z is like, oh my God, capitalism is bad. Like, I think like every generation has its moment of like, hold on a minute. This is not right. And every generation has its movements that makes people come to terms with those realities. It's just... I think social media and and the way that the news cycle operates right now has expedited the speed of these things into like exponential territory to the point where the fact that like even this listener was asking us if you got help is it possible for you guys to help spread awareness of hashtag stop cop city it's like the fact that the market for attention the market for awareness and knowledge of information of what is going on in the world is something that is like fought for and paid for obviously through like ads on social media they're paying for our eyes to get on stuff like so (laughs) so much of what drives the market is the like race for your attention and your sympathy like for you to care about something for you (laughs) and that is sort of I think that fuels the short-term memory loss that people have because when you're only (laughs) really having to contend with something when it is brought to awareness is brought awareness to for you at that moment when it's like a hot topic you don't really internalize any of the politics that drives it forward and makes it what it is and it just sort of is latent when it no longer is socially useful as something that you should be know or be engaged with at that time like it's just like it's not relevant information anymore 
essentially. I think that might be part of it as well. Yeah. The attention economy. We're in dark days, guys. No, but I I refuse. I refuse to slip into nihilism. And I will only maintain revolutionary optimism. I I refuse. I'm not nihilistic. I just want some people to die. No. I'm not nihilistic. Well, exactly. I just want to. I just want to no. see the, the 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 life leak out of the eyes of certain individuals. It is my revolutionary optimism to want to tell transphobes and fascists to kill themselves, and I think that that to me that's optimism. To me, that is hope that one day that these people will die, <laughs> and well, they will. Everyone dies when exactly. we wake up. I, and there is cop genocide. hold on (laughs) exactly exactly and that is what keeps me going every day (laughs) shall we go on to the next hot take yeah this one is going back to our roots of annoying lgbt discourse and unserious things yeah in these dark days let us let us hee 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 into the future (laughs) revolutionary optimism hee heeing into the future (laughs) If Obama could run again, that would be... What was his slogan? Hope, change. Hope, change. He, he, into the future. That's going to be Joe Biden's 2024 campaign. Bruh, 2024. Dude, elections? I... I don't I, even it just think hit about me. another... It just hit me that we're about to have another election cycle. I cannot fight this war it's again. It's about to happen... I cannot Every... fight this war, this battle. <sighs> it's a fight. And each one it's becomes a, progressively it's more. It's a fight. It's a goddamn, it's a goddamn fight of my life and you started it. Literally. I don't like, my inbox cannot handle Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> automatic emails in a new election cycle. Like, Gmail is going to implode. Like, every email Literally. service cannot handle the mass uh. emails that are about to hit. Okay, but let us, let us hee hee. This is from B, and she says, Hey, Sunny and Renaissance. I hope you're doing well. I wrote to the podcast very recently. I'm super sorry for writing again so quickly. That is fine. We love it. We encourage more of it, actually. Anyways, I'm an NB lesbian, autistic Swifty. I saw this article the other day and thought of you guys. It's written by a white bisexual cis woman, and she's talking about how she feels she feels like she lost her queer identity after having kids with a cis man, which she explains as being a result of not going to gay bars and other queer spaces anymore between work and her kids, school, and all that. I feel like that could be associated with capitalism isolating people from their communities and not by erasure, but she does not seem to see it that way. She goes on and says she knows that she has passing privilege, but still would rather be known as queer to others around her and get rid of the privilege. She talks about some other stuff too, so I'll link it below. As someone who does not pass as straight in general, and also will never have that nuclear family set up, I can't help but feel like this woman's anger is misplaced, and she's not experiencing bi-erasure as much as she's 
she is experiencing straight passing privilege and isolation as a result of capitalism. IDK, just wanted to hear your thoughts. Be she they. P.S. Thank you for your kind words last time. Aww. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah, and the article is from insider.com, and it was from... Is by Isabel Mater, January 18th, 2023. Guys, what? Three weeks into the new year, and you're <laughs> on insider.com talking about being a bisexual parent. Guys, we, could, we couldn't even make it one month into the year. <laughs> we couldn't have one month of rest. Oh, wait. Also, I forgot to update you guys this, and... If you're on our $5 and up Patreon page, you might have noticed this already, but something that I'm doing three weeks, four weeks into the new year is uh, not vaping. (laughs) And don't, don't be fooled with thinking that Sunny has quit nicotine, by the way, in this not vaping. The words here are chosen very carefully, very carefully. And it's not even no vaping. It's. You are no longer paying to vape, which within itself has its own. Okay, I'm also not paying to buy loopholes. any Nick. I'm not paying for Nick. Is the goal for first six yeah. months of Jan- of I almost said January. Girl, the weed is getting to your brain cells. We need to address the state of Sunny, the state of the union, Sunny's brain cells, <laughs> bruh. Anyway. The, fir- the fucking first six months of 2023, I'm not, like, I'm really trying to not pay for any nicotine. Because, girl, I we we have to be putting away money for the important things. Sunasans Nation. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> Guys, the things I do, is, the things the I do for, for, the, for our marriage, the things the, you... <laughs> the things you do in question... Is not not even no nicotine. It's not paying for nicotine. Like this is, like you do a lot that is suffering more than Jesus. I would say that just simply not paying for nicotine isn't exactly crucifixion level sacrifice. But yeah, so that's why if you're on Patreon and watching our YouTube video version of this, you don't see me blowing fat clouds at the fucking webcam every time i try to pull a thumbnail it's like girl (laughs) what is this (laughs) to me for the past like two years of our friendship you've just been in a haze of clouds. this is the clearest i've ever seen your actual face personally even in person when i visit there's there's still just this mist of vape around you at all times so you're like have i is this what the world has looked like this entire everything doesn't have this white like filter over it all the time that's crazy have colors always been this vibrant i've never noticed before look i have no excuse i that- <laughs> But no, this fucking article. Now back to making fun of a bisexual woman. (laughs) (laughs) Back to a regularly scheduled program. Oh my god. (laughs) Also not because in one of the things she says, but I'm far from alone in this. A recent study 
by blah 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 of UCLA found that nearly a quarter of lesbian, bisexual, and queer women from ages 18 to 59 are parents. Of those parents, were more likely to be bisexual in a relationship with a man and non-urban. So let's think, because if you're saying that a quarter, or a quarter of because the next follow-up sentence is, but I feel isolated from that community, especially since I no longer have the social validation of being assumed queer. Wait, so this is I feel like this is so contradictory, is it not? <laughs> Exactly. Because if you're saying, because, okay, okay, okay. A quarter of essentially not straight women are parents. But of that quarter of just generally not straight, the majority of them were bisexual and the majority of them were with men. And then you feel isolated from a queer community since you are no longer assumed to be queer. Now, what part of this is queer besides you also experiencing <laughs> attraction to women and or having had a past gay mm-hmm. relationship? But like that, that is essentially not affecting, at least within the sphere of this article, your reality and the way that your family looks right now. So one could say that this is not in fact a queer family and i hashtag i don't mean to be problematic about that i just mean like if it walks like a duck if it looks like a duck if it quacks like a duck you are just in a cis het nuclear family like i don't know yeah and and that that doesn't mean that the isolation isn't real but it's like having that identity as your sexuality doesn't make your life inherently queer and it doesn't Mm -hmm. make you that doesn't mean that you are entitled to community without Mm -hmm. doing anything Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. is a part of queer community because of the majority of queer women who have or if a quarter of queer women who are parents are essentially with a man and have just like a like what people would assume to be a cishet regular nuclear family and that is just the demographic that they're part of. Whereas queer people who have very visibly queer families, whether that's there's not a man involved or like it's two dads or whatever, but this is like specifically talking about lesbian, bisexual, and queer women. So like a lesbian family with children or not children, like extremely queer ideas of family and chosen family and that history. Like... There's also a price that you pay with not having a traditional family. (laughs) Like the security that you get from having just like a heterosexual marriage with two kids and whatever. Mm -hmm. Like the price you pay for that is that you're no longer connected to the queer community. But the privileges that you get are literally the way that the world is set up to support these kinds of families. So it's Mm -hmm. like if this is something that anyone wants to be invested in like being queer is active just as much as it is like your sexuality or something that you don't have control over mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if it's a political identity response. it's something that you have to maintain actively if you want mm-hmm. to be in community with people community you on have the... to be in community <laughs> it's like, like you ha- the c- community on the basis of what 
what are you talking about? I don't, I mean, okay, I get it because. Like, it, but also is the isolation, does she want, uh, does she want to be friends with other bisexual women who are in a similar position to her? Or does she feel isolated from community as in she wants to be like in the queer scene? Because it's like, if you are a bisexual woman and you feel like you can't come out to the other moms and mommy and me or whatever, then like, I'm sure that's isolating. So is it like, well, she's talking here specifically about coming out to her kids or yeah. do well, I, as my children grow older, old, okay, well, this is the thing. What I was going to say is that mm-hmm. I get it though, because I think of like, in terms of the isolation of being queer, no one knowing and not knowing whether it would be safe for people to know, regardless of what your life currently looks like, because obviously your life can change. But, like, Mm -hmm. I think that what she's saying here is about raising her children. As my children grow older, I will face a choice. Do I come out to them? Would it matter if all they see in their lives is my relationship with their father? Is that a boundary I should cross for their sake so they have the privilege of understanding their mother as a multifaceted and nuanced human being? But, like, isn't that a thing that all moms have to face? Mm -hmm. Of being seen as a human being? Like, that's kind of yeah. a process of parenthood. Like, I'm not a yeah. fucking mom. Like, I'm not a fucking parent. But I feel like this is a this is kind of... I read books. <laughs> I, I have a pretty... I feel like this is a pretty universal understanding of, like, oh, my loss of individuality and sense of self uh, in being a mother. How much of me can my kid actually see and know? Like, how much of me are they supposed to even understand to be true? Like, and also the fact yeah. is, like, I'm jumping the gun, I know. My sons are not yet four and five. My oldest has decided that his identity is a magical kitty cat, and his little brother is still nursing. These are all questions that will keep. The joy and affirmation that I and so many of us find in raising children is both the lid and the pot and the pot itself. The joy is the reason we hide these children after all, but just beneath the lid is the roiling grief of loss that is so so hot, so acute, it rivals a steam burn. Okay, what is this writing? And I suspect it will continue to burn until I figure out how to honor the part of myself that goes unacknowledged. Okay, yeah. How do I honor the part of myself that goes unacknowledged? I feel like the reality check part of what you were saying earlier is inherent Mm -hmm. to being able to honor your identity. Like, you kind of have to come to terms with what is my real life and what do I actually want? Like... Just being real here, which not being hashtag condescending in any way, like, yeah, like actually, what are you looking for? Because, okay, this also ties us to sort of <laughs> the the TV show we're talking about. Because one of the, I think one of yeah. the, the character is like a bisexual woman who's married to a man and has kids, I'm pretty sure. But she yeah. fucks with gay people and she's around gay, she's like, very notably, one of like the is at the gay bars and whatever. So. But that, but that's what I'm, I mean, that's part of like why earlier I was like, what yeah. do, what, what, what do you want? Because if that's what she wants, where eventually when her kids are older or whatever, it's like, not now, sweetie, mommy's going to the gay bar. Then <laughs> you have to know that about yourself. Or are you looking to have community with other people who are just in your position? But also I think the lack of not knowing what you want is like, and also she's talking kind of, specifically kind of back. about non-urban. So she's talking about like suburban and rural. Yeah. But I'm like, 
I am from the suburbs. I know so many gay parents. <laughs> I know a lot of gay parents. I don't like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like they would probably be more, I feel like with what they deal with, right? The threat of mm-hmm. people being homophobic to them, which is everywhere. If you yeah. are also queer, like if you're bisexual and you're in a heterosexual marriage or whatever, wouldn't it be better for them, the gay couple, like for you to be friends with them? Would that be community? I feel like, yeah. So I don't know. I guess like we're the gay suburban moms. Like hang out with them. I don't know. Like <laughs> real. And then the joy and the affirmation so many of us find in raising children is both the lid and the pot itself. The joy is the reason we have we had these children after all, but just believe is I don't know. I th- I think there's just so many ways to have a family and so many ways to raise kids that are queer. Or and she's not even I, really thinking about like the there's so many ways or or so many like But I'm I'm just saying it's like there's there were so many things that happened before we got here. Like that is what I'm trying to underline. Right. It's like you can't just wake up one day and be like I have two kids and I'm with a cishet man and I'll like and I feel isolated from my community when what I thought my adult life was going to look like or what my, you know, like... Were you not there all, every single step of the way? Exactly. And it's, like, we don't know a lot of this person's life, so it's not going to be like, well, what a blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not getting into that, but it's, like, truly, it's, like, is this not your life? What, like... What are we supposed to do about this, actually? Like, I'm trying to give you some like, advice how, right now, and I'm like, I'm like stretching my how head. Is like, by <laughs> erasure, when if, like, you, the bisexual, are the one creating your life, and then you go out to the grocery store with your two kids and say, Is it by erasure that people don't assume that I'm bi because people just see a mom with two kids? It's like, no, that's not by erasure because even if this was a gay relationship and you were, people still just saw a mom with two kids and then assumed that you're straight, that is just, that's just heteronormativity in general. Mm -hmm. Any parent. That's not specific to bi Even a gay dad. Yeah. Like a gay dad with a kid in public. Is gonna be. It's just gonna be seen as a dad with a kid. Like, I, like I don't know yeah. what to tell you. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like right. But no, it's no, true. Because it's the like, thing is, that, like, be there are down to it. Right. There are cultural differences of how mm-hmm. people operate and live in their lives and communities based off of whether they are straight or not. Obviously. Yeah. And I think like people experience the isolation of being in that straight world when they're not like that's you know oftentimes you know that's so much of what coming of age lgbt media is about oh my god i am gay fuck no one here is (sighs) right like that is the existential crises of of so many and that's the existential crises of of childhood and of personhood like ladybird is about her finding her identity in fucking new york like how many pieces of media are about people going off and trying to find themselves, but then ending up a version of themselves that they weren't, disapp- that they are not 
happy with like Isabel Archer fucking like there are so mm-hmm. many in Portrait of a Lady by Theodore Dreiser like this is a common motif I guess from your specific experience you're going to attribute it to your specific identities but it's just like ugh. Let's 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 th- let's think a little more critically and let's have more empathy for the world around us and for other people who are experiencing mm-hmm. similar things. A, maybe then you'll feel less alone. B, <laughs> like I think that you're also not in talking about coming out to your kid. I just feel like I have read too much about feminist methodologies of parenting or like queer parenting I like what what that even looks like or what or motherhood itself for this to feel like a, any sort of meaningful substantial piece of writing <laughs> because it's like you're not actually I I feel like what you're not talking about what it means to be a a, a mother in the in the even like a feminist womanhood sense like you're talking about being a bisexual woman but what does it even like and you're talking you're trying to attribute these things to being bisexual but i'm looking at this and i'm like isn't that just every woman every mother like what like i just and 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 also you're talking about like raising your kids but it's like are how are you raising your kids are you raising your kids to challenge heteropatriarchy in any way they're both you're you say they're both sons like mm-hmm. what <laughs> how do you want to live in the world as queer how do you want to claim queerness and queer community when based off of your demographics your kids are likely to be homophobic loser bully assholes like let's focus on that first the fuck <laughs> please what <laughs> Listen, as someone who's coming off of a spree of bullying a number of men on the internet. So many of the homophobe Republican (laughs) dudes that I went to high school with had, like, liberal-ass moms. Mm -hmm. Like, we... I don't care that you're bisexual. Your kid is a menace. Like... (laughs) Real. Actually, that's so real. Which, I think, like, like you said, the even the question of, do I come out to my kids? Why are you not just... Out. Like what? Like what? Why? It, it, if you're queer and you're looking for a queer family and you are a mother and I'm a mother and that is something that you're interested in, why not normalize being gay? Why not surround your kids with other gay parents and gay families yep. and have that just be? a normalized part of who you are and your personality and the way that hopefully you're sharing other parts of your personality with your kids. Like you, like a kid doesn't have to know their parents whole life, but Mm -hmm. they should have such an integral part of your identity. Then why is it Mm -hmm. like, and as a mother from your kids? Yeah. 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 Which like, and why are you making it our problem? Because oh, that's the thing. But because the thing well, is, is I mean, that so listen, many people. My stress about our Substack is low, has been diminished <laughs> if this is what's being pushed on Insider <laughs> or whatever the fuck. But I'll the never quality of our writing. writing. Right, 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 right. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. So there's so much media and art in the world about being a closeted queer parent and the, and the fucking perils of that shit, right? Mm hmm. 
And, like, I think the issue with the current times that we live in is this type is is this type of person right conscious of your identity conscious of the language yeah. to describe that identity not really connected to what that identity actually means in the world and do- thus doesn't really have to face the existential crisis of that identity the, the the struggle of it whereas the fucking housewives of the mid-20th century and the portrait of lady on fire ending of the film type shit is like oh my god like all all the broke back mountain type storylines is like mm-hmm. yeah he's a dad he's heterosexually married she has a child she hasn't seen her lover in 8 years but yeah. <laughs> like that's the that is the impetus of these characters and like i guess for this person and this woman, it's like, you're, you don't live in this existential crisis. You live in a lower level of existential crisis of like, of like, ugh, I need to learn. How did she end this? How did she end this? I suspect it will continue to burn until I figure out how to honor the part of myself that goes unacknowledged. Girl. Also, is writing this not... <laughs> also, the, fa- the fact that she says, I know being a member of the Alphabet Mafia is about my... The millennialism. I, I, I couldn't. I, I listen. I saw it and I kept saying it and I chose to ignore it because it's just like, listen. I could like. It, I like, can't I take you seriously. So I can barely violently. take you seriously right now. And now I look at this shit and I'm like, you're white. You're a bisexual. You're married to a man. And then you and then you top it off with saying alphabet mafia and you want me to validate your que- you're a- you're asking people to validate your queerness in such a public way. Oh, you not to a local center. Like <laughs> do something. Volunteer do at the LGBT center. The fu- like I don't know, hang out at the- there's so Foster I feel like there's queer so- youth for all I care about. Like you Literally. have two kids? Yeah. Like in this economy, no. But like, seriously, like, do something about it then. And if it's yeah. like, if the problem is that what your husband is homophobic, your husband doesn't want you to come out to your kids, divorce his ass. I don't care. Like, but what is this? What what is yeah. this lack of acknowledgement? If it seems that this is something that weighs so heavily on you, if this is something that you're writing about, if this is something that you're contemplating for the future life of your kids, what is the unacknowledged? What is holding you back from? doing something and if this is something that you're so passionate about if this is a politic you want to hold and someone or something is holding you back from that and you have the means to either cut that off of cut that out of your life or find an alternative way around it it's like mamas have we looked at some scholarships like not to be a fucking gina rodriguez like let's do some research like you know what i mean like yeah i mean i love this paragraph though because it's like I also know with visibility comes risk. Quote unquote passing can be a privilege. But there's also the fact that since my partner is a cisgender man, we don't operate in the social circles and spaces we had before. And especially since we had children, I feel a deep loss. Wait, so if your partner is a cisgender man, we Was he this is this is Wait, are the... you speaking are you speaking about we as in we as us bisexual women with cisgender male partners but oh. wait is that what you're talking about or no i, I know, thought we i know is 
I thought she, yeah, I thought it was we as in me and my partner. Because what do you mean? Before you married and had kids, y'all were in gay spaces? Well, who Is else the- would misgender the lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, please. Mourning my visible queerness is really mourning a version of myself I was before I became a parent. Me looking for the visible queerness in the room. The fuck? That's what I'm saying. Like, were you not with your husband before you married him? Were you not married before you had kids? Like, where in this... The logic is logic. ...was the break... (laughs) <laughs> of queerness when 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 point to me when did yeah, on right, this right, right. timeline right that you woke up and you're like did we go I'm, from queer <gasps> yeah to not or like queer, in queer to, community to not queer community and why was it having children like i wh- i feel like there's is that the yes. main contributor how you're not really delineating why though like i don't get it <sighs> whatever listen millennial white bi women really tired of <laughs> no, I was gonna say like I know some people are tired of us making fun of like bi women, but also it's like look at the things that people send to us. Like look at and the things. Look that at get the f- how often it is talked about. January eighteenth of twenty twenty three. What? Also, like, we like, fought and slayed this dragon women? a year and two years ago. The fuck? I can't. But also, it's like where are the articles? Like why aren't the like, can't like, y'all the find each other who've been in be a nice relationship? Oh, that part. But also the bisexual women who have been with lesbians, the the bisexual moms in a lesbian relationship, they do not get platformed at the frequency or receive a fraction of as much sympathy as bisexual women. Like, even within y'all's own community, this is not even the full portrayal Mm -hmm. of that experience. Even if we're talking about bisexual women who are moms. And it's also because, because you guys are like, so antagonistic towards lesbians. Mm-hmm. Because once it's a lesbian relationship, even if one or both of these women are bisexual, I don't think you guys... I don't think bisexual people think it's a bisexual... Like, at least that it does not form the most mm-hmm. discourse. So That's not... The discourse surrounding bisexuality does not surround those situations... Because no. there's nothing really to say, is there? Like, the fuck? <laughs> Which is a shame. Like, I mean... Uh, Which, no, doesn't doesn't whatever. that show you everything that you need to know? Exactly. It's like, we like we aren't even making fun of all bisexual people. And even, and even in the beginning, when we... Uh, in our very first, if you go back to our very first, we have, like, yeah. this whole... 45 episodes preamble. ago, the fuck? Right. We, we- Yeah. <laughs> But we have this, like, whole preamble of, like, we're talking about this specific, like, we're talking about bi people who have, like, horses, who have a boyfriend, who, like, who are just in, like, a regular relationship, like, you know, not talking about any of their access of This power. is literally, a- like, patient A of that. Or patient zero. No, I know. Right. But it's, like, we used to have that whole fucking preamble, but now, like, keeps happening. So it's, like, no, now we just say what we want to say because you guys are never talking about bisexual women who are in a lesbian relationship, whether that's two bisexual mm-hmm. people or bisexual and a lesbian. Like, that is mm-hmm. never the bi discourse that y'all mm-hmm. are talking about. Mm-hmm. Or that pisses pisses us off because why would it? But... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Is like, for some other yeah. reason. But... yeah. I mean, I think there we was, are haters at the end of the right. day. Right. At the end of the day, we'll, we'll, we'll hate on anyone, anything. It doesn't matter. I, yeah, this exactly. is another thing. Y'all want community so bad, but y'all don't understand. 
Community is about bullying each other. Have you seen how gays... <laughs> True. Do you see how gays treat each other? In real life and online. Be serious. Y'all want to be a part of that. <laughs> have y'all seen the backlash to the friends of WeHo? And you want to be in community with gay people? Can you handle it emotionally? You watch one episode of RuPaul's Drag Race and you're like, yeah, I'm cunty like them. Girl. No. No, you are not. <laughs> but ha- have fun in the suburbs. I hope I hope you free yourself. <laughs> Truly nothing but the best for you, Queen. Literally. Oh, God. Well, now... Like three moving- years later, it's an article being like, remember me? Now I'm divorced and married to a woman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Woo! God. <sighs> okay. On to the next... So we have an email We're from We're not Al- keeping good time, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Alex says, Hi, Sunny and Renaissance. My name is Alex, she, her, and I guess unsure of my sexuality. I love, love, love the podcast, and I think you are both so smart and so correct about literally everything. I am not really on social media, so I get all of my lesbian news through you guys, for which I am indebted. I don't know how much sense this email is going to make, but I hope I don't sound stupid, and I also hope I can convey how much I love the podcast. Aw, thanks, Alex. I am in high school and I am kind of struggling with coming out just because of the friends I have and my personality, I guess. I think I am just bad at making friends and the friends that I do have are very nice and lovely, but they are all really straight and it's a little lonely to be in a friend group that just centers around things, feel talky and boys, that I'm not really interested in. But because I am pretty femme and definitely perceived as straight, I feel like it's not really my place to join a GSA or something because I have so many privileges compared to a lot of trans kids in GSA who are just trying to get teachers to respect their pronouns or kids who are more readily perceived as gay. I feel like I am just so confused and unsure of myself all of the time and and I've thought about being not straight for years and I don't really know if I'm bi or a lesbian or maybe I'm just straight so I guess I also don't really know what to come out as if I did come out and generally I think the idea of coming out has become saturated by media and maybe overemphasized and I don't think it's necessary but I just feel like I'm going to lose all of my friends and not be able to make new ones if I don't but maybe that's the case if I do too. I think I'm just wondering if you think it would be weird if I did try to join the GSA at my school or if maybe it's not really my place. I am also a little bit concerned that I don't really know any lesbians in GSA and if I might be a lesbian, would I just be the only one and would that even would that be even more isolating maybe? Anyway, I'm really sorry for my super long email. I'm sorry this isn't really a hot take either. I hope that you guys are both <laughs> having good days and I can't say thank you enough for the podcast and feeling like I can relate to someone through you. Kindly, Alex. Thank you, Alex. This is so sweet. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the subject line of the email being making friends Please. in a GSA. That's so cute. Please. Please. Alex, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your <laughs> listenership. Yeah. I'm so sorry that we're your only source of lesbian news, but also <laughs> deeply honored. <laughs> well, honestly, it's good because as a high schooler, like, you really don't need to look at that. <laughs> I no, think having like, the it's filtered good that you're off social media. through the opinions, social media filters yeah. the opinions of other people is always so funny because that's also how yeah. I've been experiencing, like, commentary on, like, the manosphere or whatever through uh, that one commentary <laughs> yeah. channel. Because, like, I'm not going to go, I don't care about what Andrew tate is saying 
I don't care about what the, no. these fucking, these dudes are saying about women, but I do think it's funny when other guys are like, damn, these bitches are not right in the head. But, like, yeah. you know, that type of stuff. You know, discourse I'm not tapped into, but will hear about via people who, like, somewhat are or, like, have more mm-hmm. of an investment in it than I am. That's always fun. But anyways. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, you should definitely, you should definitely join the GSA. Because why not? Yeah. Is Especially this if, supposed to be a gay straight alliance? No, that's what I was gonna say. If you're GSA, I was like trying to think of what the I think the other one is gender like sexuality alliance. Oh, gender, is what oh ours gender sexuality. Was. Oh, okay, ours but, went right. from gay straight alliance to gay student association, I think, or something like that. But gay, gay isn't an umbrella term before everyone tries to can hashtag cancel my <laughs> motto for being exclusionary right. or whatever. It's right. actually really turfy to call it the gay student <laughs> alliance. Um, but <laughs> we cannot take ourselves right. serious, like at all. Like <laughs> no, no, because it wasn't one of the but, points of it yeah. being like a gay straight mm-hmm. alliance. So that like, if you're in it, it's like okay, you could vaguely be an ally or gay. It doesn't really matter. Like yeah. That was also how it was at my high school. I always went to at least a meeting, if not, like, three every year. It was just, like, my Same. friends and stuff were in it. And it was funny because sometimes my my friends would be doing, like, presentations on, like, doing, like, educational stuff on, like, trans identity and doing, like, a slideshow. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the sophomores in the mm-hmm. back would be like, wait, hold on, I don't get it. And, <laughs> and then we would all be there being like, okay, so this is what... Anyway. Wow. This email TBH is just reminding me of, like, how hard it... Like, being a high schooler is truly one of the hardest things No, that shit's traumatizing for real. Because... Like, it is, like... I Like, I remember thinking this way so vividly, but I also haven't thought this in, in so long. a long time, yeah. And I'm like, wow, that really is kind of all that you think about mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're in this, like, vague mm-hmm. limbo kind of state... Yeah, I think I I was in that vague limbo state when I was like 12 or 13 maybe. Yeah. And I was like God. Listen, Alex. I was bisexual all throughout high school, and if you have listened to any episode of the pod, you <laughs> probably could gather how I feel about that history of my own. So, I understand your your head 10 out of 10 do not dip. recommend that yeah. experience Listen, personally i'm not jumping to say come out immediately as bisexual or whatever in in high school mm-hmm. one you should check out the gsa just a little bit mm-hmm. i don't know because you might not even fuck with the people there who knows exactly i was gonna say it's like i didn't even like my gsa so yeah well, it was I mean, it went but, but I think, yeah, no, it's worth checking out. It's worth going to. I don't think you're taking up any space that isn't meant for you because it's supposed to, it's like part of the, part of school clubs is like the fact mm-hmm. that anyone can and should join them. Like they're always looking for yeah. more people. Yeah. <sighs> I knew this cause I like ran them and I was like, guys, please come, you know? So <laughs> I'm sure that's no, the deal. for real. Also because this like organiz I feel like in high school and stuff, that type of shit always needs new blood constantly because there's just yeah. so much yeah. drama and infighting within the cliques that do get established within any given organizational structure. It's like actually this might be essential for them. 
for you yeah. you being there perhaps this, this, could, this could be mutually beneficial for a lot of people involved literally actually. a lot of people involved could be right and, and i think like figuring out you know co- like just being like i'm questioning my sexuality or whatever if anyone question to you about your sexuality is like a fair enough response and it's also yeah and i also feel like it's like yeah it's it's like no one's really entitled to your sexuality the only reason why gay people try to figure it out with other gay people is because the default is heterosexuality but the fact that you're questioning Mm -hmm. that default heterosexuality you're you're questioning compulsory heteronormativity that that lesbian concept and framework of thinking and the way that women are just expected there to not even think of anyone else other than men as like an option and you're thinking about who you are in relationship to like yourself in the world through that lens in rejecting you know heteronormativity in this way i think is really it's it's really like, I'm really proud of you. Like, that's so, mm-hmm. that's really, like, I don't know. I think that takes a lot of understanding of the world that most people will never reach. Like, that's yeah. a level of, that, that's a certain level of, like, I think feminist consciousness that I don't think people mm-hmm. really want to come in contact with. I feel like most, if you're a feminist for real, you're going to question your sexuality. <laughs> Like, just say, you know what I mean? And I think, like, and also, because you're so young, it really doesn't matter what you identify as. If you do choose to identify as something or you, like, come to a conclusion about your sexuality and you're like, "Mm, I do think I am bi or no, I think I'm straight. Mm, I think I'm a lesbian. Like, at any point that can change. You know what I mean? Like, it literally does not matter. And that's not even just because, like, you're young. It's because that's just how people are, you know? Uh, That's just how, like, we, everyone grows and changes. And that's not an excuse to, like, you know, tell lesbians that, like, oh, don't worry, you'll find a man. But, yeah, but just, like, genuinely from what I know to be true is that once you start growing up and being your own person and finding knowing who you are in so many different ways and having independence in a way that you can't really experience as much when you're in high school or when you're a minor like that is when you have I feel like and also you know just your experiences with like dating and hooking up and whatever like that is going to inform how you think about your sexuality of course like it's not all in your head like it's uh, so much of this is outside of it's not something that you can reflect upon long enough and come to a conclusion with it's something that you have to live out yeah to understand yeah just like takes time and i think that it is it is fine and good and healthy and normal to be at an age be like a teenager or be in high school and be like, I don't know what my sexuality is. I don't know. Because like most people I feel like would exist in that state if we didn't live under cis heteropatriarchy or, you know what I mean? Like I feel like most people would have to, if there wasn't a socially in in state 
enforced and mandated regime of social relations of girls kiss boys, boys kiss girls, and they get married and have kids. Like, of course, how, and that's expected of everyone. Like, of course, how anyone navigates their sexuality and comes to term with like who they actually like and how they would want to exist in the world and who they would want to, who they can even see themselves with long term is going to, would be different. And um, yeah, I mean, I also think like it's hard being friends with (laughs) girls who talk about boys and feel talky Um, (laughs) and be like, "Uh, I think I'm Sympathies to that. For me, it was soccer and boys, but I definitely (laughs) relate to that. Like heavy. And honestly- Listen, having no friends in high school is so hard that, like, I understand, like, changing or adapting yourself to maintain a friend group through high school. Like, I extend my sympathies heavy for that. Like, that, like, I can't even say, oh, I don't do, oh, it's not worth it. Because, like, bruh, like, you need friends in high school to survive. I completely understand. Mm -hmm. With that being said, now being basically almost four years out from high school. The number of friends that I've maintained that I was friends with in high school right now, few, like 1% of of who I would have called my friend when I was in high school. And secondly, I have like, I've spent two summers in a row with people from St. Louis that I didn't even know existed (laughs) like when I was in high school. Like I don't know these people and they are friends you know like they didn't know that I existed in high school they didn't know that in a couple of years I would be going to visit (laughs) them and hang out with them you know what I mean and you have no idea where your life is going to lead you for real exactly like Like, it's going to be in your life like so I understand not wanting to lose friends when you're in high school because that can be such an isolating experience and there was a time when I truly did not have a friend group in high school and every lunch period was like so not fun and eventually like I made more friends like in the second half of high school but also making friends when you are your like more authentic self even if your authentic self is I don't know what my sexuality is like people who are down for that ride when they meet you is Mm. so much fun and such a fulfilling friendship to at least like look forward to in the future like as you're through this journey no matter what what identity you think you are first or if that changes or if it doesn't change even if you do end up being straight the fact that you've gone through this process and you know that about yourself and like a non-compulsory way, Mm -hmm. you know, will Mm -hmm. make you like, will allow you to approach future friendships, whether or not you maintain your high school friendships or whatever, in just like a a really like valuable way that it's just, it's just another thing to like look forward to, I guess, after all this confusion, like Looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much advice that people gave to me when I was in high school being like, oh, you have this to look forward to, or you have that, or high school, just be you yourself. won't even think about it. Yeah, just be <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And like in the moment, day to day, every time, be like, oh my gosh, I'm still in high school. Like every morning I woke up mm-hmm. and I'd be like, God, mm-hmm. this isn't a nightmare. Like, please wake mm-hmm. me up. Like, and then... <laughs> 
And then you graduate and you're like, oh, none of these people know what it's like to be in high school right now. Like, I remember thinking that. I'm just like, none of you know what it's like right now. And now I'm on the outside and I'm like, damn, I kind of don't know what it's like right now. But I can tell you <laughs> from the outside mm. that like, that like it is possible. Like there are people that you don't even know exist that will fuck with you no matter who you end up being. So... That's all I gotta say. Yeah, Good luck in high school. Good luck for real. You could for not real. pay me to go back, so you you are already <laughs> braver and stronger than me. No, because the people that I knew when I was struggling through my sexuality, you know, and them knowing me then, me knowing them then, and then how we know each other mm-hmm. now, that is such a rich and fulfilling relationship because of the way that we knew our the intimate way that we knew each other then and the intimate way that we knew each other mm-hmm. that we know each other now and part of that of yeah. course is our is our identities and sexuality and how that's changed over these years of our relationships and that is that is like f- fun and exciting uh, but also mm-hmm. of course like we were in positions where i feel like i was rarely in a situation or in relationships with people who were were going to be unsafe people to like come out to so that's just not really an experience I can like give advice to because I just don't know Mm -hmm. what that is like I guess I mean well I guess like in well no I at least at school like I feel like at school it was just like oh my fucking god like these they're they're like the straight bitches there's like all the normal people (laughs) and then there's like the weirdos and freaks Mm -hmm. and there's like the gay people who are the weirdos (laughs) and freaks right and Mm -hmm. I think like finding the weirdos and freaks and being with them all the time was really important Mm -hmm. but I can only imagine how isolating and how genuinely isolating, not hashtag I'm a bi woman with a boyfriend, isolating. (laughs) It could, it must have been for girls who were on like the field hockey teams and the soccer, well, actually the soccer team in my high school was gay as hell, but like, (laughs) I was going to say, I was like, if you, if you, it's different being the like hashtag closeted gay with all the straight friends who talk about soccer and boys versus Mm -hmm. being the gay girl on the soccer team Mm -hmm. or like the field hockey team Mm -hmm. because like when they're just talking about it and you don't do it it's just like Mm -hmm. bruh Bruh. (laughs) it's kind of like the tweet (laughs) of like um jms group chats where me and all my friends would send nudes to each other and hype (laughs) each other up and then someone quote retweet and be like y'all not gonna believe me but this is the straightest thing i've ever heard straightest thing and it's like because it which is like true literally literally but so it's like it's kind of like that where it's like yeah girls being really into soccer is gay but when they're like straight and really into soccer it's also Ugh. like the straightest thing exactly like, no it was because i think are it was into a... women's sports for straight heterosexual reasons and it's so <laughs> no i think it was a kind of a big deal well not a big deal but i remember this was like a thing that people talked about at my school with the two of like sort of like more popular rich girls at my school who were on the soccer team were dating each other i think in secret mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know whether people knew but they were dating each other and everyone was like what the mm-hmm. fuck <laughs> not everyone but i remember hearing about it and i was like the fuck katie and who like 
<laughs> um, but it was like, you know, the prom pictures, and it was like, one boy, one girl, da-da-da-da-da, and it's like, oh, oh, right. <laughs> and like, there are those moments where I'm like, right, 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 right. And like, the side-by-side photos of like, the prom pictures, <laughs> I've taken the prom and homecoming pictures I've taken with my friends over the years versus the ones that like mm-hmm. the kids that I knew at high school did. It's just so fucking funny. I'm like, wow, you can really <laughs> tell who is LGBT and who's the weirdo freaks. Like, please. <laughs> we got the nerd pic, like the nerds. We got the jocks. We got the freaks. Like, it's serious. You know what I mean? Like, oh God. Venn diagrams. I love Venn diagrams. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this helps, Alex. Oh, oh my God. But actually there was this one friend group. Okay, I went to, God, I went to church with this girl and we didn't know each other for a few years, but then I ended up going to her high school and she was like a year or two above me and she was good friends with someone. And that person, that girl, she came out as gay and the girl I went to church with, because she obviously grew up at mm-hmm. church with me and like is was hashtag it's a it's religious religious homophobia whatever she was like i'm not comfortable with that and that i think caused a riff in their friendship or something along those lines i'm not sure i just heard about this secondhand years after the fact <laughs> i was like that is crazy so in terms of coming out to your friends it not going well and ending the relationship i think like they still ended up being friends later it was just like what like you're gay that's that's weird which like i think is like if you've never encountered a gay person in the wild in a positive light like even Uh in media or even like in any tangential tertiary way it's always been gay bad sin and you know that about someone or like that is just how they are then it's like there is that risk i feel like I don't know. God. It's so hard being gay in high school. And also, like, being gay in other contexts, but it's it's a specific kind of hard. And Uh because school is compulsory, every (laughs) gay kid, like, is forced by the state to experience being gay in high school. And that is a crime against humanity that we should be addressing. Like... Why are we forcing gay kids to be gay in high school? Like, pick a struggle, please. Like, don't do this to them. Right. Alex, I hope your GSA slays. I hope it's I hope it's a GS slay. And yeah. yeah. And not a GS flop. Best of luck. No, not a GS flop, a GS slay. <laughs> Help. Okay, well, something that Loki was a flop was the HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, something that is a GS flop. <laughs> for real (laughs) yeah the negative side effects of the normalization of a gsa is (laughs) the show that we're about to talk about sort of on hbo max um originally i think by bbc canada or whatever the fuck it's canadian anyway so that's why it's bad so i hope you enjoy this episode right that's why right right okay we're just gonna get into it one thing that i think is or was oh we only watched the first season oh yeah fyi so if you're all like but the second season no i truly have no interest (laughs) but (laughs) so sorry don't if your subject line says but the season two sort of so sorry 
I'll read it. I send my love. I'm not watching it. But one thing that I think is interesting and kind of, I think, explores why it's a flop for me is I was looking at the writer's credits for all of the episodes. And the episodes that we hate the least when we were watching it, we being Sunny and I on Teleparty, are the ones that were written by Bilal Beg, or who also plays the main character. So when they're writing their own story, the episodes are less bad. But unfortunately, to the extent of my research, a lot of the writers are just like cis TV mm -hmm. writers who may or may mm -hmm. not be vaguely queer, just like they're not transphobic and yeah. homophobic. So that's why they're writing for the show. And are they white? What's the deal? Most of them are. It's not like it was like an exclusive. So like, that's the thing. It's like, this show is mostly written by just regular TV writers or like people who want a TV writing job. And maybe they know Bilal, like they're probably in a similar circle or whatever professionally. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure there's some connection, but like it's not to be like, oh, hashtag own voices, but it's literally not mm -hmm. their story to tell. And you can uh -huh. tell in the quality of the yeah. episodes and the narrative, yeah. Yeah. which is why it's like, these are TV writers who thought Fleabag was good just because Phoebe Waller-Bridge is like a good TV writer and not understanding the importance they of like a specific anything. voice. Yeah, mm -hmm. didn't actually learn anything. So it's like this show wants to be this immigrant, queer, non-binary, Fleabag-esque dramedy, but it doesn't actually understand what makes a Fleabag that or what makes successful. a Russian doll. Yeah, that's successful, which... Mm -hmm is unfortunate also the cast the oh acting god. quality oh my god the Listen, line delivery Canadian is doesn't not delivering. mean that you can act no like the only actor that i enjoy is the sister and the mom mm -hmm. and the little mm -hmm. brother who has like of, three yeah. and a half lines of the sister the as show. in bilal's sister not the fucking yeah. girl aqsa oxa how oxa I think, yeah. yeah. She slays, and so does the mom. She's very convincing, yeah. Seven, as a character, I found oh, very annoying. my very, God. Very annoying. I would go and I would log these episodes on Serialize, and I'd be like, one star, one and a half star, maybe oh two stars. Yeah. The average rating for these episodes, 4.8, 4.87, 4.5, 4.6. How many people are reading these? Too many. But also one is a mutual of the pod, Gabby, at Gabby is Butch. Yeah, and Gabby loves this show. Gabby was consistently rating the episodes four to five stars. That's just fucked up. Well, they told me that they just relate to the main character and they think the main character is hot. Girl, Listen, if you don't get serious. I can't. <laughs> I can't relate to this because I don't force this level of melodrama in my life. My life is just naturally this full of suffering mm -hmm, and misery. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I'm not pretending to be shock frozen in like the fucking middle of the street for dramatic please, effect. Please. Like when that shit happens, when something stops me in my tracks, it's because it's actually worth stopping in my tracks about. But that's the thing. I feel like so much of the show is just shit happening for the sake of shit happening. It's very contrived. There's no... Exactly. There's no dedication to actually exploring motivation or anything. Like, 
even the initial not going to Berlin, and I'm just like, you're dragging that out bro. so long, so much, but for no reason. There's no payoff. There's no emotional follow through. <sighs> you're just saying it. And also, like the most inter- or second most interesting character, Bessie, immediately. Hashtag spoiler alert or whatever, but like being in a, in a coma, in a fucking the entire coma, season. and that, and that being like this, I guess, catalyst for what the story is supposed to be. But the thing is that the show doesn't actually decide what's it, what it wants to be about until like yeah. three episodes in. Yeah. So for the first three episodes, I'm like, what the hell is okay, going on? Obviously, we have we have a very clearly framed main character, Sabi. Yeah. But this show doesn't actually feel about them or mm-hmm. what the show says that it's about. And because we keep flip-flopping in between these two narratives, right? Sabi's relationship to their mom and then also Sabi's like work lives, like the multiple jobs that they have. Mm-hmm. But these things are never integrated and we never really see why or how they intersect except for like that one scene in the hospital and then obviously the fact that just like sabi occupies these different spaces but as a story and as a narrative like these episodes and the series as a whole is just series as in like a season Mm -hmm. is not structured Mm -hmm. well (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's just not good television so i like i said this after we finished one of the episodes where i was like oh probably one of the things like oh but the representation oh this is such progressive representation whatever it's representation on a bad show Mm -hmm. and unfortunately i refuse to reward bad work Mm -hmm. (laughs) unfortunately i don't unfortunately for a lot of you bitches i don't give a fuck that it's x y and z and ticks those boxes Mm -hmm. not to sound like a conservative but is it good Mm -hmm. you know and i fear it is not and it's also like I think Sabi's relationship to their family, that is really what interested me the most. Those were the scenes and the storylines that I was really invested in. And in the episode where Sabi's mom goes to the house that they're nannying at, and we kind of like see that interaction, like that was one of the strongest points of the show, in my opinion. But it only happened once and so briefly, and we never really get back to it again. And it's like... Well, I think in terms of a storyline, the reason why she has to come there is because she has to realize this part of Savi's life and come to terms with it in a way that she just has... Because a big part of the plot is Savi like... has hid a huge part of their life from their mom and -hmm. is closed off intentionally. And what does it mean for someone to do that and then to try to change that? But also, what's the impetus for that change? And I think that's the trajectory of the show. But the thing is, is that it just does, it doesn't feel, it feels like everything that happens that fuels that line, that trajectory Mm -hmm. is kind of cheap. And yeah, it's cheapened by the fact that they exist to fuel their relationship with their mom. Everything except maybe Savi's thing with that one guy that follows them the entire season, which is crazy because we don't give a fuck. Anyways. Lewis, that storyline entirely should have been chopped. It should have been, maybe in the pilot for like that initial thing. But then... 
they they sabi goes back and or whatever and then it like keeps coming up and it's like every time i'd be like who is this person again oh right, 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 right. like no, really you give me no reason to give a fuck like he's just there so that sabi can say something that really is tweetable i don't fucking know like <sighs> and i get this whole like blase passive whatever uninvested kind of vibe or characterization that sabi's gonna give mm -hmm. but even in the moments of drama, I'm like, okay, I'm going to need a little bit more. Like, these lines are very stale. Like, I get the whole monotone, like, April Ludgate Parks and Rec type of thing that we're doing here. I need, like, I like coming from a hater, coming as a professional IDKer or uh -huh. IDCer, uh -huh. I still need more personality. I'm going to need a personality. Uh -huh. Like, some... And I just, I don't, I don't see it. And it's, and, but we also don't see it as like, well, they don't have a personality because like, I don't know. It's just, like you said, it's very cheap. It's very, yeah. It's just not a slay mm -mm. for me. And even in the whole like queer rep, maybe small-ish town, struggling, vague identity or whatever, I just feel like there's better representations even in like something like someone somewhere or whatever it's like we have more clear motivations as to why these queer characters are integrated into the story and even in the vagueness even in the unanswered questions the motivations of the characters and why things are happening the way that they are are much more fully realized and flushed out science fiction-y or more speculative with something like Russian Doll. But again, even then, every motivation is clearly thought through. Every character, characterization, action, the drama of it feels real. So it's like, just because something is real life doesn't mean that the narrative or what reflects it inherently feels real. Yeah. Anyways. Like... That's me being a hater. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's eight episodes of the first season. Each episode is, like, what, 20, 30 minutes long or something? Mm-hmm. And the fact that... I will say, I did like Sabi's outfits, though. Uh -huh. I thought their wardrobe was fun. Yeah. The fact that even the descriptions of each episode or like, so sort of gone, sort of back, sort of Mary Poppins sort of stable like uh, there's so many different plot lines here about relationships and cheating and dishonesty and just like adult relationship things right adult romance things like but i don't think any of it feels substantial and interesting and emotionally complex. Yeah. It's very immature. I don't know. It has a 100% by 12 critic, critic ratings on Rotten Tomato and an 87% audience score with 47 user ratings. This is what liberalism gets you. I'm going <laughs> to dislike it on Google users. Like, I don't want any of these people to die, but also, like, be better. <laughs> 
better television. God, God. Like, professionally, I think you should be better at your job. Right. Sorry. Like, that basically. Kind of like capitalist, commodity everyone, of culture, blah, blah, blah. Everyone who works on this show should be better at their job. Or fired. Mm-hmm. Sort of fired. <laughs> yeah, that should be the series finale. Uh-huh. Like, I don't I don't want to critique because what if I want to be a writer and then someone watches my show and then they're just like, mid and then, you know, I have to die immediately. But mm-hmm. also, I think it's the fear that your show might be bad that should motivate you to be better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you would hope. How did it win Best Comedy Series at the Canadian Screen Awards in 2022? I mean, I don't know what the Canadian Screen Awards is looking like, to be honest. Yeah, maybe they're the only ones nominated. (laughs) Stop. Um, Sorry. Sorry. Hey, I have family in Canada, so it's actually not mm -hmm. racist of me. (laughs) Not racist. Girl, please. Um, Sorry to any Canadian listeners. Right, right, right. The other comedy series was Jan, Kim's Convenience, Letterkenny, Strays. Have you this heard? beat Letterkenny for comedy? Mm-hmm. Be so fucking for real. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I mean, okay. IDGAF. To me, this is the Miley Cyrus of television. <laughs> help! Help! <laughs> no, because... We uh, talked about Miley Cyrus in our previous episode, so you know we think she's mid, but it's like mid in a way that's like, why do you want me? I just have no interest. I don't hate you. I just think you're mid and mm-hmm. thus I don't want it. I mean, I think there are parts of Miley's discography that's lit. Like I think Plastic Hearts, some of her songs off that album are cool. Yeah. And I think in Malibu, sort of the, banger. there are elements that are like, oh, this is nice. I like this. Like, you know, I was like gripped out on the edge of my seat midway through the season. I was like, <gasps> but you know, come on. Like, I feel like we can do better. Can we not? Literally, I can't, I can't wait for Bilal to hopefully go on to bigger and better things maybe work with a better writing team maybe write more episodes because like I said the ones that when we would end and we or like we were hating on less while watching when I went through and saw the writing credits were Mm -hmm. their episodes so I'm like it's possible that this is just when you get an opportunity to make a show you have to work with the team that they give you and maybe this Mm -hmm. wasn't the intended vision I think that maybe this show should end at two seasons, two seasons and no more, and see 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 if we can grow, see if we can move beyond. Maybe we can take these high ratings that are maybe not reflective of quality, but use it to leverage <laughs> something that can be of quality and can be reflective of higher ratings in oh, the future. Please help, but not us being cunts again. <laughs> please. Sorry. I know we we went from the stop cop city to mean to being sweet to the high schooler uh-huh. <laughs> to then being mean to like mm-hmm. sincere mean sincere mean that's that's what you come to rotation. lavender menace for that's what i'm saying <laughs> literally and yeah also our last episode was us being mean about something to talk about and the one before that yeah. was petite maman so 
genuine, mean, mean. Like, we... But the thing is that we didn't go into watching the show thinking, oh, we're gonna hate this. We went into watching it being like, we should watch it because all these gay people love it on the internet. So let's watch it Mm -hmm. and talk about it on the podcast. And here we are talking about it on the podcast. The fuck? And, like, we're disappointed. I mean, the thing is, is that not... Y'all's taste ain't shit. (laughs) (laughs) But it's always so scary when I see things that are popular and I'm like, this is not good. But then also sometimes the things that I like are also popular. Like, how is the audience that loved Fleabag the same group of people that love this? Because to me, if you loved Fleabag, you should be able to understand how this is not as good as that. So why am I seeing the episode ratings? similar and neck and neck like what are we doing i think what does that you're say? just i think that you're just a virgo rising gemini moon and i'm a capricorn moon gemini rising so i have a broader yeah. scope in terms of my vision but you know so <laughs> i i like i guess what i the get fuck it does that mean you love to be like this is my opinion, and anyone who doesn't think and agree with my opinion is, like, fucking, like, I will shoot you in the head because w- that is as much worth your brain has to me. Which is, like, okay, fair enough. I mean, for a lot okay. of things, like, well, I really don't give a fuck. That was but, I probably shouldn't have, I shouldn't have asked a follow-up question. I regret. We can close that. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anyways, but <laughs> I think that's how people thought I was. But in high school, but it was just because I was so at the end of my rope. I was so, I was like, yeah, like, I'm only acting like this because I have no other option. Truly, I'm willing to, I've been in many situations in which people just say fuck shit to me and I am just like, right. And I'm willing to, I, I can hold space for a lot of, I can hold space for opinions that I don't agree with. But because we have been in so many situations the capacity and toleration of because it because we've been in so people. many situations i if someone puts me in another situation <laughs> that's what i'm saying if someone puts me in another situation i'm gonna oh god but also i feel like we need to have an upcoming bonus episode on patreon about the- i pitched this to you earlier our pitch meetings mm-hmm. within the editor's room with the producers the editors and producers being us writers of us course fucking of course. <laughs> talent us PR team us <laughs> comms we need... hair and makeup costume I was literally <laughs> set production and design I was like, <laughs> if we like in a dream world where we could just have an assistant to be like okay like if we could just make the list of media that we want to review and give it to someone else to be like uh, just to schedule when we have to consume it like just an assistant <laughs> to organize not even do other secretary. jobs secretary <laughs> literally just a secretary i'm like i like the lavender menace needs an assistant so and this isn't a call this is not a job call okay like this yeah, is just a fantasy money. we don't even exactly. have money to pay ourselves like we're clocking in we we, we clock in we clock out for zero dollars an hour to be honest <laughs> exactly like this is so, so like, just integrated into our life because that's yeah. the only way that this can function yes anyways it's okay but we love it we do it for the passion but thank you so much to our patreon subscribers because this does fuel our ability to see each other and also we do make so much bonus content over there 
we're still running our matchmaking form, period. And exactly, we have one bonus episode a month where we, you know, talk more shit, and that's like only accessible on Patreon. And all of our video recordings of episodes, starting from like season two or three, even, and we're on season, we're on episode like seventeen or something of season four. So like, we a lot of the video recordings of our previous episodes are up on there too. But anyways, with that, on Patreon, I'm thinking I, I had pitched Renaissance earlier that we should do an episode where we talk about media that I that we've recommended to each other at the end of our podcast episodes like you know our upcoming segment that we're about to do which is recommending each other media yeah right so things that we have consumed based off of the recommendations that we've given other the other person and then like talk about and then if the other person didn't love it as much as the other person did then we can talk about it <laughs> on, on okay, the, the thing is that I'm reading one of the recommendations right now. Thing is that I don't think you care about this recommendation as much as the hashtag spoiler that I know, but it's fine. It's fine. See, I'm I'm, oh, I'm no, defeating I was thinking... the Virgo rising. <laughs> Not you. Defeat. The fact that you were like, I'm defeating, and you're like, arms crossed, like, <laughs> gritted <laughs> teeth. <laughs> it is a process. I... And you're fighting that. It's an uphill battle, right? (laughs) This is you being like, I'm quitting nicotine and then being like, okay, so I'm going to go take a cigarette break. Okay, like I'm defeating the Virgo rising allegations. I'm speaking this into existence. Right, 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 right. No, no, no. I Um, can listen to differing opinions and not be filled with rage. I... Bro, bro, I sometimes I won't tell you the opinions of things people tell me because I'm like, I don't need to hear that from Renaissance. I don't need to hear Renaissance's thoughts on that. I heard it once. I heard, I thought my thoughts and we're going to let it rest. And then sometimes I'll think of that conversation that I had or the thing, some, the thing someone said to me and I'm like, damn, that was crazy. I'm glad I didn't tell Renaissance about that. <laughs> no. I'm glad Renaissance was not there. <laughs> because no. there would have been blood shed. <laughs> like, one time I was at a Listen, party, can- and this person kept on coming up to me and tr- explaining their, um, drunkenly sort of explaining their anarcho-primitivist ideas. And I was like, mm, okay. And they're talking about, like, not reading theory. I was like, right. Interesting. I mean, so, and then I would start talking, and then they would just, like, walk away. And I was like... Stuff like that, you know, or the one conversation I had with that one person who was like, you know so much about libertarianism and stuff. And they were like a liberal Democrat. And we we talked for like four hours. But I was like, listen, nice. (laughs) I, I've, I've, I, okay, okay. It's, I think that you also see the most of it because I, I don't filter anything like to you. If you tell me something, like, yeah, I'm, I mean, like, you see the most, not like the most extreme. No, but what I'm saying opinions. is that I'm, it's not saying, oh, I wish Renaissance wasn't here. It's more of like, it's funny that when, like, the fact that you weren't there to experience this moment means that later when we're in private, you, like, because you didn't experience that, you won't be telling me your yeah. thoughts about it. Like, it's not how you would act in the moment. It's the, it's the reflection. It's the post, it's the post thoughts. <laughs> it's the, it's the 
fucking revelationary thoughts of of your pure undiluted judgment, hatred, and vitriol. <laughs> that I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I'm not experiencing that. <laughs> but again, it's like if that's the only medium that I like, it's like all to, okay. To not me beating the Aries has- allegations, like please. It, to me, in my mind, okay, when I'm expressing my pure judgment and when I'm coming to these, uh-huh. what are your it, hater conclusions? To me, anything is a definitive conclusion. Behold these up truths to the be <laughs> Exactly, but with the knowledge that I know, so it's just like yes, this is my definitive conclusion as of right now. Like if if the circumstances were different, had I been there, blah 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 then I would have come to a different definitive conclusion. But with what I see and think, this is it. And if it's a little This is why on our Patreon bonus episodes, we've had a two and a half hour long fight about A League of the Round. We had like a 50 minute episode on Glass Onion. We have like the the things that are on there that y'all, the gold that's there that y'all aren't tapping into. <laughs> How? This is further I proof for the sunny listen, guys. If, but if I can't be crazy, like you don't even understand. Like, okay, 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 okay. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on, because, hold on. Like, you said clear the searches. The way that I not- have to comport myself in person, if I can't right. be crazy, cunty, and mean <laughs> in our friendship and on the Lavender Menace Patreon. If these bonus episodes can't be my safe space, where can I let this That's out? True. Like, you live in California. Okay, like, in California, you can't be a cunt to anyone unless you want to be executed publicly. Like, exactly. So as like, a, as okay. a New England exhibitor, you can glare at someone and spit in their food, and you can't say shit about that. Because no, if I'm like, reacting... so freeing. <laughs> if I'm reacting, that means you, 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 I give a fuck and I don't. So, <laughs> that's saying everyone in California gives a fuck all of the time. Gives too much everything. of a fuck. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. No one, like, people will hate you, but you can only see it in their eyes. And that, <laughs> that is something. <laughs> so, you know, listeners. People who have you accidentally can't executed that. in the text messages right. with Sunny. Right. <laughs> I apologize. You are unfortunately <laughs> collateral damage to right. the, the liberal reality Aries that I rage. have to live in. Right, right. <laughs> oh, the, the channel. I promise that mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah, no, because actually, what I was going to say, the thing I was going to say as an upcoming, I don't know whether this should be two different bonus episodes or it should be one episode, because. The thing that I watched that you recommended, I don't know whether that's worth I because the thing that I wanted to talk about was because uh, you read everyone in this room will someday be dead. Oh yeah yeah, and you gave it like three and a half stars, but it's on one of my all time favorites lists, and it's also on the yeah. all time favorites lists of so many people I know. So huh. I'm like, is it worth? doing a main feed episode about it but maybe not i don't know i talk about it on my youtube channel so often on a sunny book nook a lot Mm -hmm. um 
And also a lot of the people who took my recommendation or like found the book because of me, most people seem to like really enjoy it and give it like five stars, four and a half stars, four stars. So I saw when you, I saw that you gave it three and a half stars on Goodreads. I was like, uh-huh. okay, let's notice how I wasn't screaming, crying, throwing up and I'm not bringing it up in a incendiary manner as opposed to I also to didn't our... tell you. I didn't tell you. You sent of, me. Of... No, you sent me your review. Oh, oh, that's right. Honestly, I forgot that it was on. I just wanted to show that I finished it. I forgot that that was me telling Your's you my rating. Help. Girl, and I, plus, I could have seen it at any given point, to be honest. Kind of like how you can see my letterbox ratings at any given point. No, I know. Me. That's what I'm so, saying. Yeah. I would have exactly. just checked. I, 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 I always check when my oomphs are watching on the letterbox and logging. That's what I'm saying. But but what you were like, towards the beginning of our Glass Onion episode, you were like, I saw your rating. And I was agog and aghast. Notice how I wasn't agog and aghast. Exactly. Then that's the difference, you guys. That's the difference between a cancer and I an can't Aries. enjoy the dramatics. <laughs> I can't enjoy some... I, sorry that I lean towards her... Towards her oh, but I'm the hyperbole dramatic Right. ...and exaggeration. Look, okay, I th- okay. what I think the ultimate dichotomy is... Dichotomy. Is that, exactly. I'm dramatic on, on the pod and about my opinions. And... IRL, kind of chill, despite. This is the thing. You don't see me without you because, and so when I'm with you, I'm, I'm, I'm my full, like, my full dramatic self all the time, but outside, whereas you shake and cry over (laughs) nicotine and taking a shower (laughs) and washing your hair and brushing your (laughs) teeth. You can edit this out, but just my point is that those are the things that From the really... Renaissance POV, Sunny is struggling, fighting for her damn life every day like... over... Yeah, I mean, it's true, because when you were <laughs> staying with me, I was like, there is hair on my floor. And this is on film. This is video. This is on video. I was like, there is a dust bunny. Like, th- it's the little things. That really get to me, you know what I mean? Like, if I can't have six cigarettes a day, mm-hmm. I might as well die. Especially now that I don't have my jewel pods, my three disposable vapes on given uh, on hand at any given moment. Mm-hmm. It's a lifestyle thing, not an opinion thing. The the le- yeah. the levels of extremity and dramaticism and performance involved in every like, activity across the board. Ten, ten, ten across floor. the board. If you went to visit someone and they told you, would you sleep on the floor? It doesn't matter if it was the son of God himself. You would say that. I don't care. Like, that is the difference. Whereas you're like, I have to stop paying for nicotine. And then every 15 minutes, it's like, where's my vape? Where's my vape? I should need it. It's not even that bad. It's fine. So it's like, listen, what we consider dramatic and what really gets to us are just different things, guys, you know? But what what bonds us is being a cardinal sign, being stoners, and still being mm-hmm. haters, no matter what perspective we're yeah. coming from. Well, see, this is the other thing that we were talking about in looking at your guys' dating profiles was one of the questions for... Can I ask you a question? One of the questions was... 
do you identify as a sunny or a renaissance? We've had like more mm-hmm. than 50 applications for our dating matchmaking service so far, which is like, guys, Slay. thank you so much for letting us have control over your having our the meddling capabilities the nosiness the gossip in me the chismosa virus that i have is so fueled by this like i can't even begin to be i am so thankful anyway this is one of the greatest gifts i've ever received (laughs) from from like essentially strangers like it's amazing thank you so much like truly (laughs) that's what i'm saying and the thing is is that seeing whether you guys identify as a sunny or a renaissance it's just like what do you think makes someone a sunny or a renaissance that's an instagram poll yeah that's an instagram question let me let me make that let me let me ask that right now actually because now i'm curious let me ask the audience let's 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 ask the audience but that was something i I was thinking about as as well if we're talking about the Mm -hmm. renaissance comparison community Anyway, that's a, that's the thing. We need we need each other because one, if imagine if I was this dramatic about the things that I am and you also were, or vice versa, like that would right. not be good. Like we need to no. we ne- see balance each other as dramatic, necessary. yin and yang, like fucking exactly. right, 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 right. We are earth, wind, and fire, like literally, and water. <laughs> Of course, but I was referencing the band. Right. (laughs) Anyways, shall we get into recommendations? Because we haven't done that part yet. This might not be my strongest recommendation, but I'm going to go for it. Because, so sorry, listeners, I am... I've never not done a recommendation, so I will... Or for a normal episode, so I will keep going. I'm not going to tap out. This one is a little weaker. But it's called... It's a short film called... um, Le Pupille is how I would say it in French. I think it's technically Italian. Italian speakers, I don't know. But it is about this boarding school of girls in a convent, and it just has this very sweet girlhood nun-type storyline, and it takes place around Christmas. And so all of these the local townspeople go to the convent to have the girls pray because they're just like, God listens to the prayers of innocent girls more than they listen or more than God listens to me. So if they pray for me, then it will like help me like with my blessings. But it's kind of like a fun short film because all of these people think that like these girls are so sweet and innocent, but then we actually see them kind of like get into hijinks and just be like normal kids and obviously interact with like the nuns. How long is it? 38 minutes on... Disney Plus is where I watched it. And then also, I think I recommended Anaïs in Love, which was a French film that I was obsessed with last summer. And Valerina, or Valeria Bruni Tadishi was in that movie. And she's also in the short film. So for all of my MILF actress lovers and appreciators, there is a little connection for you as well. Mm. I forgot whether I have a Disney Plus subscription or not, to be honest. You have mine. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I <laughs> have, have Renaissance's Disney Plus. Renaissance has my Libby. I have Renaissance's ExpressVPN. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, we... Please. 
listen. <laughs> it's just this is this is what modern marriage looks. This is what modern queer platonic, uh, <laughs> state sanctioned but unofficial marriage mm-hmm. looks like. Mm-hmm. This is the future mm-hmm. that liberals want. Sharing right. VPNs, <laughs> Libby's, and Disney Pluses. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, well, I recently read a book that kind of fucked me up. And I'm just interested to see whether you would even like it. I mean, I don't know whether mm-hmm. you would. And it might be too contemporary for you. It is a contemporary read, and in many ways it does read as contemporary because it's kind of a criticism of, like, startup company type shit, but it's more of, like, an Ikea than, like, a tech company. Mm. Anyway. Mm -hmm. It's called The Very Nice Box by Laura Blackett and Eve Gleishman. These two women collaborated in writing this novel, and it's about this woman who is working at this Swedish, I think, maybe Norwegian, I don't fucking know, this Swedish furniture company called Stada, and she's worked there for like 10 years or something like that, and she's still recovering from this really tragic accident that took her ex-fiance her ex-fiancé, who's a woman, her life, and then her parents' life. And so she then is using her workplace as, like, a coping mechanism, almost, for her trauma. But things start getting a little fucked up when, or things start changing, let's say, when a new CEO is brought in, and he's this frat boy type guy named Matt who's like very cheery and very much like this is it's all about like energy and this like startup like you know what's your personality type as a as a worker as a co-worker you know very millennialisms and it's called the very nice box because our main character she is developing she's an engineer um she's a designer and so she's designing a prototype of the very nice box which is a new design for the company because she creates sort of storage and like storage uh structure units for the company and they're like really successful and anyways it's based in brooklyn or something and so we follow her as she gets finds herself entangled in a sort of weird relationship with her new boss it sort of coincides with this her getting back into she gets into this like text online therapist thing and she has this gay best friend at her gay workplace friend whom she has a standing lunch date with at uh, on Mondays where they watch the same shitty reality tv show every weekend and then compare notes at lunch and they talk about being like the gay employees at Stada and the guy that she hangs out with he's Latino and <laughs> he talks about all the bullshit DEI things he, ha- he gets pulled on to because he's Latino mm-hmm. slash gay and she <laughs> anyway he's a funny <laughs> character their relationship is funny but her relationship with Matt is the- at the crux of the story but that is something that is very 
It's a very crazy story to me. To me, I had fun. Real. To me, I was gagged. To me, I lived. But is that just because I have illness? I don't know. Like... I... I, I, this sounds interesting. Like, I think, I think the fact that it's contemporary, I don't, does it say, like, what year it is specifically, or is it just, like, I don't know if it says what year it is. I think it's just supposed to be, like, the 2010s. Yeah. Or something. Interesting. Well, I added it. I added it to my want to read when you said the title, and I like mm-hmm. the cover of it. Yeah, it's a really good the cover. cover. That's on Goodreads. The which as I kept reading me. the book, I was like, at a certain point when I was listening to it, I was like, I can't listen to this anymore. I need to read this physically because it's giving me too much anxiety to not be able to physically see the words on the page, and I, yeah. <laughs> I. <laughs> Also, the cover itself is... I I did a reading vlog featuring this book as well. I still need to... It'll be up by the time this episode is up, I'm pretty sure. But this book, the cover of it, and each design element of the cover... (laughs) Once you finish... Once you get through the book, you look at the cover and you're like, I'm gagged. Like, it's like one of those things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like the everything, everywhere, all at once-esque. Mm-hmm. That poster, poster makes makes so much more interesting sense after you watch the movie for real. I mean, it's eye-catching and it's nice before, but then after you're like, oh my god, you can see the whole thing and on the cover. Yeah. And that's exciting. But, oh my god, okay, what are your Oscar predictions? Uh, first of all, how, why the fuck was Top Gun Maverick and Avatar on the best Don't. picture nom lists? People need, heads need to fly. (laughs) The, the Academy, trust, you will be dealt with. fucking days. Like. Like. (laughs) It's, listen, not, well, me about to say not to be hater as if this episode isn't what it's been, but. I don't understand the Austin Butler hype and so many. I've seen the greatest minds of our, some of the greatest minds of our generation. Where, what Austin Butler is Fall. in what? Elvis. He plays Elvis. Oh, Elvis is a movie that was nominated. Oh, right. That's so bullshit. No more movies about men. And it's nominated for best picture. And it's like. Is Austin Butler nominated for best actor? I Yep, yep, he is. That is not correct. With Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser, Paul Mescal, and Bill Nye. One of these things is not like the other, and it's Austin fucking Butler. I'm so sorry. Like, I don't even fuck with all the guys like that. It's just... Whatever, whatever. People are going to be like, why do you hate him so much? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, he's being platformed and rocketed into the stardom and into this like canonization of like great male performances Who? something that i just don't think austin butler for something that i just don't think is worth it but this is me sounding like a, a virgo rising so actually i think everyone who likes him is valid and fine and stop now you're it. checking yourself that's also very virgo rising that's gemini moon of you hold on wait i, I i'm doing this so let me let me stop okay bitch <laughs> <laughs> i caught myself doing well, it 
when you well, can when, once I bring up something to you about something that you do and then you're like wait hold on I do do that you really internalize it you really have a moment yeah <laughs> now I do like this is like this is, I already know that I'm gonna be thinking about this exact conversation for the next three to six months and I'm just like how I don't have the time in my schedule for this to occupy brain space and I can't even this is it. your like, bisexual to. existential crisis like don't like why why are you making more analogies like this is just gonna prolong with every accurate comment it's just it's prolonging three months to this spiral you hate an accurate observation about renaissance it's crazy i do (laughs) you would rather be unknowable yes i am what do you mean obvious like like i just know because it's like why do you know like well okay not like you but it's like why is this so readable like my god like (laughs) that's that's again Uh. the the earth rising of like why do you even know me like that's not allowed why Uh. do you think you're allowed to know me oh like please oh no, I can't. I need to not... I can't feel things. I can't think things. Now I can't think about the Oscars. Now I'm just spiraling. Please. Okay. Please. It's interesting because our friends think that Tar should win Best Picture and not Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think Everything Everywhere All at Once should win. I think well, Everything Everywhere All at Once should get, like, Best Directing. Come on. Yeah, editing. Which they like, are. Like, that shit for- is so impressive. Well, that's the thing. I can't remember if it was the Oscars or for something else where they weren't nominated for editing. Okay, they are for the Oscars. Thank God. And everyone was like, but they were nominated for Best Picture. It was for a different award show. And everyone was like, huh? Like, how are you going to put them in the Best Picture, but not even put them in the category that makes them eligible for Best Picture, which Mm -hmm. is, of course, the editing. So... Mm -hmm. Like, what I want to happen, or, like, if I were the Academy, who would I choose versus who I think the Academy is going to give the awards to is, like, two different things. If everything ever all at once wins Best Picture, then Kate Blanchett is probably going to win Best Actress. What did she do again? Why do people hate her? Because she's weird, and also because, like, she she has a very... Basically, like, her relationship with Woody Allen and some very problematic directors and some of the things that she says about, like, some of her quote-unquote feminism and stuff like that. Like, it doesn't take much to... It doesn't take much research to not like Cate Blanchett. Fortunately, Mm -hmm. she is, like, just, like, a talented person. But, like, there's so many horrible people who are talented, so... Mm -hmm. It's not like it really absolves her of anything. Oh, yeah, so they're gonna give... They're gonna give best actress to Kate Blanchett which that cannot happen <laughs> no but that's what like, I, that's what i'm saying like what i want to happen and what i think the academy is gonna do are two different things i think the academy is gonna give it yeah. to Kate Blanchett what i well, want what is if for michelle yeo to it, win what if they gave best picture to tar and best actress to michelle yeo uh would they even do that but that's the thing i don't think so i, th- I think Kate Blanchett's gonna take this either way i think the wins are gonna be in either best picture directing or editing in which case, mm. people will still celebrate Michelle Yeoh, and I'm sure there's going to be this great staged photo with Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh, no matter what oh, happened. God. Right. <laughs> feminism, feminism. I just also think there's just like the Oscar. There's so much hype on the Oscars, 
even when if they're it's not like it, it is like it is just not the most impressive or good like award show and yet it has so much cultural prestige and it's just like like it, there's all what are the more the interesting award shows well, f- film festivals are more interesting and winning awards there are more interesting than the Oscars, like the Venice Film Festival. Or like other countries, like the the Cannes and like the Palme d'Or and stuff like that. Like even those, they're problematic in terms of like their relationship to various directors that should not still be a part of their academy and get nominated for things. But just the quality of like you're not gonna see fucking avatar and top maverick mm-hmm. <laughs> nominated for a palm door you know what i mean mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. be so fucking for real mm-hmm. and then you have all of this shit and then you go down to like the foreign film category and it's like why the fuck is it 2023 the oscars is known as like an international event and yet you have like five movies for an international feature one of which is All Quiet on the Western Front, which is also nominated for Best Picture for Germany. Argentina, 1985. Close from Belgium. E.O. from Poland. And The Quiet Girl from Ireland. But it's like, if this is seen as the pinnacle of like the film industry, and you have five... Four European countries. And yeah. one Latin American one. <laughs> like, be, be so serious right now. So it's just right. like... It's like, oh, it's the Oscar. It's it's kind of like the same thing as the Grammys. It's like when I agree with the Grammys, I think it's genius and an institution that should be protected for the sake of artists. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when I think dumb shit wins. Like, it's like, but I mean, that's, again, that's like the Music Academy. So it's essentially the Oscars of music, so. Yep. Yep. But whatever. Anyways, that's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. You should follow us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and subscribe to us on YouTube and everything, 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 everywhere mm-hmm. all at once. Exactly. And, you know, send us your hot takes on our email. Hit hit our line, you know. And you can join or leave the matchmaking pool for our matchmaking form <laughs> on Patreon at any given point. But, yeah, that's... That's the situation. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.